Now I'm going to start a series this morning that uh, it's going to be kind of like the Proverbs. It's where like, you don't have to be here for all the series. It's just, there's some good nuggets along the way here. And it's a uh, series that's personal to me because it's one of those journeys that I took not through a course, just, I just dug in myself and I went through the life of King David just for my own personal reason. I wanted the Lord to show me through his goods and his bads. When I wrote the research that I was doing, I just called it the making of a leader. And I went through weeks and weeks and weeks of just studying King David on my own. And so these are my points. I'm sure there's lots more in the story. And I suggest that you go and and study the life of David one of these days, because it's a pretty cool life. But here's some points out of it that I received from it. And I'm sure you'll get many more if if you read it during these weeks. Now, in 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 1, we're going to look at. And the first thing I want to mention is that this is a leadership series but everybody is called to be a leader. Every single person is called to be a leader. Now, it might not be in a capacity where you run a company or a ministry, um, but everybody is called to be a leader. Why? Because you're always going to have people around you that you have the potential to lead. And so it's very, very important that we get better at leading people. A matter of fact, when I first meet people, it's kind of one of the first things I recognize. It's very easy to tell somebody's leadership skills within their confidence and how they hold themselves or what they say, or if they start talking gossip or positive about people or situations or gossip about people. There's things that you can recognize right away, whether a person is a good leader or not. And so we're all on this journey. I am, I'm on a journey to be a better leader every single week, and I mess it up lots, for sure I do. But it is my goal to become a better biblical style leader. Now we're going to pick King David's life up in in 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 1, and it says this. Now the Lord said to Samuel, now Samuel was the prophet to the nation at this time. He was the man that was anointed by God to speak God's word to his people. And so now the Lord said to Samuel, how long will you mourn for Saul? Now let me stop here again, because maybe many of you have not read this story. But Saul was the king of Israel at this time. And Samuel had anointed Saul, king of Israel, because the people, the people of Israel wanted a king. Now, God was not happy that the people wanted a king. He wanted them still staying under his rule of judges. But the people were like, we want to be like other nations. Give us a king. And so Samuel went to God about it. And God said, fine, basically, anoint. Fine might be the wrong word, but okay. Go anoint King Saul, and he will be the king. Well, King Saul messed up in several different ways. And the Bible tells us we're going to read where the Spirit of the Lord actually left Saul. But Samuel first anointed Saul as king of Israel. Now, again, before we go any further, a lot of times, you know, we hear the word anointing and we don't really think much about it. It's just like, okay, he was picked or whatever. But the word anointing is very interesting. Samuel would go and he would symbolically pour oil on the king. Now, that oil was representative of the Holy Ghost. And what anointing in the Bible really means, I actually just listened to a whole course on that on the Bible Project. If you haven't, you need to on the anointing. It's really good. And so when someone is anointing, it is basically symbolic of what's happening in the spirit that a bridge between heaven and earth is happening. And so when Samuel anointed the king Saul first, a bridge came to Saul between heaven and earth, which means that Saul was super endowed, super empowered to do the job that he was called to do, super empowered. Now we'll get into it later, but we are anointed children of God. And we're going to get to that in a minute. But anyway, Saul messed up 
And now God, rather than the people choosing a king, God was going to choose his first pick for the children of Israel. And it was David, the son of Jesse, which we're picking up now. Now the Lord said to Samuel, how long will you mourn for Saul? Saul, the king who messed up. Seeing I have rejected him from reigning over Israel. Fill your horn with oil and go. I am sending you to Jesse, the Bethlehemite. For I have provided myself a king among his sons. So Samuel, the prophet, went to the house of Jesse because God had told him to anoint his son. And so as Samuel was going to the house of Jesse, the people of the village came out and met the prophet. Now you got to realize what's going on here. If a prophet's coming to your town, they were super powerful. And a lot of times in the old covenant, prophets were pronouncing judgment on situations. And when they pronounced judgment on situations, bad stuff happened. And so the people of the village ran out to Samuel and they were all scared going, oh, what's going on? Are you pronouncing judgment? And Samuel was like, just chill. I'm here for a reason. Take me to the house of Jesse. So he went to the house of Jesse and Jesse pulled Eliab, his best looking, toughest son, oldest son, to be anointed as king, which he thought automatically would be king, his oldest, most powerful, most honored son. But when Eliab showed up, God says to Samuel, he's not the one. He's not the one. And so Samuel says to Jesse, do you have another son? And so he goes and gets another son and stands him before Samuel and God again, nope, ain't the one, not the one. And he goes through seven sons. And every time God is saying, nope, not this one. And finally, Jesse's got no sons left in front of him. And Samuel says to Jesse, do you have another son? Because this ain't working out. And Jesse says, well, I got this youngest one. He's out in the field tending the sheep. You mean him? And so Samuel said, go get him. And so David came and stood before Samuel and the Lord spoke. Spoke to Samuel earlier saying, listen, I'm anointing the next king. And it's not how someone's going to look. God says, I look at the heart and not the appearance. God is after the heart. And that's why I love studying the life of David because David as a leader, the Bible tells us that David was a man after God's own heart. David wanted to know God, not just serve God, not just to be empowered by God, but David wanted to know God. And that's one of my first prayers as being a leader, as being a child of God. God, I want to know you. I want to know you. I don't just want you to answer my prayers and make me powerful and make, my, make miracles happen and make my life easier. I want to know you. I want to know you. Because if you created me, you know how I tick. And so I want to know you because you know me better than I know me. And so Samuel anoints David. And so the first question I had for myself when I read this out was, are leaders born or are they made? Are leaders born leaders by God or are leaders made? And I came to the conclusion that it's both. In 1 Samuel 16, 1, we looked at, and it said that, I am sending you Jesse the house of Beth, for I have provided myself a king among his sons. So are leaders made or are they born? They're both. Here we see that God provided for himself this particular leader. And so I believe that all of us are leaders. And so all of us are born leaders and all of us are made leaders. 
What do I mean by that? I mean that when you are born, you're already a born leader, but we need to recognize who God has made us to be. That is so important. If we try to follow everybody else and look at everybody else on how we're supposed to be in life, we're going to miss it because God has designed us to be individuals and God has designed us to do what we need to do on the earth. You know how you can be the best leader is by being the best you. Being the best you. Now, it's good to look at other people and get examples from other leaders, but always remember that we're not to compare ourselves to other people. We can admire other people, but God has made you to be you. And your only call is to be the best you. And it's so important that we understand who we are. The Bible tells us that God knew us before we were ever even born. Just think about that. Before your feet ever hit the earth. No, before that, before your mom and dad ever got excited and made you, God knew you. They weren't thinking anything about you, but God was thinking about you. Isn't that cool? That's why there's no mistakes. Because when people are making babies, no matter what situation they're in, God is thinking about you in that process. Isn't that cool? And the Bible says that he knit you together wonderfully in your mother's womb. He was creating you, your outsides and your insides, your soul, spirit, making you. And the Bible says actually in Jeremiah chapter 1, is that not only did he know you, but he anointed you before you were ever born. Did you know when you hit the earth, you already were planned to do God's work. Not everybody walks into that plan, but when you were born, God had a plan for you to walk out his works. God had a plan for you to be anointed in your life so that you could be a bridge from heaven and earth to walk out the will of God. You know, the Bible says the scriptures, the actual scriptures are not coming to me right now, but it says that you have been qualified. You've been qualified for his good works, that you are his workmanship made for his good works. You've been made to do the works of God. Is that not cool? And so are leaders born or made? They're both. You've been called by God. You've been born a leader. You were born a leader. He thought about you before you were ever even born. And he looks on the heart, not the appearance. You know what that means? When you were anointed, when you were a bridge from heaven to earth, you might have some shortcomings in life, but whatever God has called you to do, he has empowered you to do it. Isn't that cool? You can never look in the mirror and say, I can't do it. You can do whatever God's called you to do. And not just in your own strength. He has empowered you to do it. He has gifted you to do it. And that's why you don't want to be somebody else. Because if you try to travel in somebody else's shoes, you're not gifted to do it. You're not powered, empowered to do it. Be who God has created you to be. Isn't that cool? His desire as a good father is to make you into who he has called you to be. So here are some of the lessons that I've learned. We're born and we're made. What does it mean? You're born of God, but you have to walk out discipleship to become who God has called you to be. It's a process. It's a walk. You know, that's why when we face hard times, I don't believe God sends hard times. But we do have to realize that in those hard times, 
We need God to get through those hard times. And that's why the Bible says we can rejoice when trials and tribulation come, not because we believe he sent them, but we believe that we are empowered to get through them and we will be better on the other side of them. Does that make sense? We'll be better on the other side. And so here we are, David is anointed. He just goes back to doing his own thing. And after a little while, because the spirit of the Lord leaves Saul, a distressing spirit comes to Saul. And he sends for a musician because he feels if someone would play godly music to him, that the spirit would leave. And so in chapter 16, verse 17 and 18, it says this. So Saul said to his servant, provide me now a man who can play well and bring him to me. Then one of the servants answered and said, look, I've seen a son of Jesse, the Bethlehemite, who is skillful in playing, a mighty man of valor, a man of war, prudent in speech, and a handsome person. And the Lord is with him. So Saul doesn't know at this point that David has been anointed as king. Samuel just went out, anointed David as king. He went on with his daily affairs for quite some time. And the spirit of the Lord leaves Saul. Distressing spirit comes to Saul and he sends for somebody to soothe him. And one of his servants says, listen, I know somebody. His name is David. He plays well. He's a mighty man. And the Lord is with him. And so he's known for being with the Lord. He's known for his fruit. He's faithful with his talent and he comes to serve the king. And in doing so, David is placed in the house of Saul. And I just want you to stop and think about that for a second. We're talking about leadership, right? Here we are, David gets anointed as king and he goes back to just tending the sheep, doing his own thing. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, somebody calls for him to be in the kingdom, which is something, again, going back to what you were called to do. If God wants to raise you up a level, there's not a devil in hell that can stop it. Here you see the supernatural thing happen where a servant calls for David to get him into the king's house. Now think about this, okay? David is the next king of Israel. David only knows how to tend sheep. David only knows how to be out in the fields. He knows nothing about how a kingdom is run Saul needs someone to sue them. And where does David end up? Right in the house of Saul. Not only to soothe the spirit of Saul, because that's really why he's not there. He's there playing music, making Saul feel good. But what does he get to do in the process? He gets to watch the entire kingdom be run. When I saw this, I thought, Jesus, you know what you're doing, don't you? Right? And that's why we need to be careful where we are and not to complain where we are. God might be training you for your next season. You might not even know it, but if we are faithful, God might be training you for your next season. David was just faithful with the things he was doing. All of a sudden, he is called in the house of God and able to learn how a kingdom is run. Why? Because he's about to be the next king of Israel. And so I have in bold here, what is a good leadership? Leaders respect timing. We're not in a rush. We believe that God is taking us from glory unto glory. Good times and bad times, we know that we just continue to train and be faithful with what God has put in front of us. David could have been so cocky. Why am I here playing this dude music? The spirit has left him. I'm the new king of Israel. You see, 
He was the next king of Israel and he was there serving Saul in whom the spirit had left. And he was already anointed as king. God didn't want him to step into that yet, but he was already anointed as king. He could have been so cocky and been like, God, I'm the next king of Israel. You have me serving this buffoon, right? I'm the real king. But David was so humble about the situation, just went there and played music. And in the process of serving, he was able to see how the kingdom was run. I want to tell you, you know where God gives you the greatest knowledge about who he is and how to be a greater leader in the middle of serving? You want to go to higher levels in the kingdom of God? How do you do it? You serve. The Bible says what? You humble yourself under the mighty hand of God and in due time, he will exalt you. And like I said before, when God gets ready to exalt somebody, there's not a devil in hell that can stop it. But what do we do to receive that? He who humbles himself. The Bible says, who is the greatest servant on the, on the earth will be the greatest in the kingdom of God. And so instead of being cocky, David humbly served being trained for what God had in store. Luke tells us if we are faithful with another man, another man's kingdom, he will give us our own, whatever that looks like. So how do we go up a level in God? We serve somebody else. We serve God. And in doing so, we usually end up serving somebody else in the kingdom of God. Servanthood is the most powerful place. And leaders know that. And oftentimes we have to re-remind ourselves, but we know that. And if you've ever seen God move in your life, if you truly have seen God move in your life, you know that your response to seeing him move is not, I made that happen. It's like, holy smokes. God, you are in this. If anybody's ever truly seen God move like that or take you to a next level, it's usually like, whoa, didn't expect that. And all of a sudden you've arrived with a new anointing and a new place and just you see God move. But it's usually because you've just been faithful serving in the place that God has told you to serve. Whatever that is, serving people around you, family, whatever it is. But having a servant attitude, having a humble attitude. And when we humble ourselves, God will exalt us. When we are faithful with somebody else's, I mean, that's, that's it, right? You know, the Bible calls people that don't work well under people eye-pleasers. And it means that when the boss shows up, they're like, we're doing everything great. And the boss goes around the corner and they back off. And the Bible tells us in the new covenant, folks, that God watches that. And he says, if you're going to live, and if you're going to be a leader, and you're going to live like I want you to live, you serve your boss as if you're serving me. Why? Because that's the true boss. And if he says, serve this boss, he can tell that boss, to give you the raise, to give you a new position, whatever it is, to give you what you are longing for, or he can move you to another place. But the key is that we humble ourselves under God and serve and serve and have a humble attitude. That makes sense? Folks, we're all in training. All of us. We're in training and we will be in training until we go home. Matter of fact, I was thinking about it this morning about leadership. You know, there's so many things we do in life, like sports, you know, that have kind of a cap on it. You know, you get into like football or hockey or whatever, you get into like your high 30s or whatever, you're like becoming a grandpa. You know what I mean? And I know people are getting younger as it goes on, but I'm saying there's lots of things in life that we have a cap 
on it. And you just go to a certain distance and you're done. And a matter of fact, I met a counselor who, who counsels pro golfers, and he says it's one of the hardest things to do. He says all of a sudden pro golfers, when they're out of the, the tour, they can't make the tour anymore, they've been doing that their entire life, and when they're done, they have no identity left. And it's almost like they have to be reborn in their minds because that's all they've ever done. But when I look at leadership, I think how cool it is. Actually, if you train in leadership and you let God train you in leadership, the older you get, the more valuable you get. The older you get, the more you have to say, the more you can teach people, the more people you can lead. And I thought this is one area that we just keep training until a ripe old age. And, the, and it assures us that if we continue that, the older we get, the more powerful we get, the more useful we get to other people when we operate in leadership of God that way. Isn't that cool? It's one of those things that we just keep going. You can be 80 and still in full training, 90, still in full training for the Lord and getting better because of all the wisdom you've accumulated from him that you can share with other people. So leaders are humble. They respect timing. We understand we're in training, waiting for God to take us from glory unto glory. Matter of fact, I have a note here that says impatience will often make us miss what God is trying to do in our lives. Okay, I'm going to close up. If you take that home, that's a good one to take home right there. This, you're born a leader. Everyone in this place, we're all leaders. And we're in constant training with the Lord. Always in training with the Lord. You're a leader, why? Because God has people around you that he wants you to influence. He wants you to influence and bless with who he's made you to be. And every one of us has people around us that we can lead. And we have people around us that can lead us. But you were born a leader. But also remember, you're also made a leader. Just because you're born a leader and God has a plan for your life, we have to walk that out. We have to walk it out. We have to learn the wisdom of God. We have to learn his ways and what it means to be a leader. And the first good point that we learned right there is the greatest leaders, the Bible says, in the kingdom of God are the greatest servants, the most humble, realizing that no matter what is going on, that God is working in us and he's working through us and that he is greater than our situation and that we serve him. And by serving him, we serve people. And when we serve people, when we serve people, when we serve people, a lot of people will say, well, I'm just serving God. I'm a prayer warrior and I just pray all the time and that's how I serve God. No, no, no. My Bible tells me that every time someone got close to God, God would say, serve people. So Jesus says to Peter, do you love me? Peter says, you know I do. Do you love me? Do you know I do? You love me? Do you know I do? And Jesus every time said, feed my sheep then. Feed my sheep. See, the closer we get to God, you have a bigger burden for people. You want to serve people more. So if people say they're close with God and they're nasty and sour and don't want to serve people, don't believe them about how close they are to God. We shall be known by what? Our love. Our love. So if that's one thing you take away this morning, you were called to be a leader. God needs you in this kingdom of God. And the first rule of thumb is be a servant to other people. Serve other people and be humble and realize that God is training all of us. Make sense? I guess I'll close right there. Father, I thank you in the name of Jesus that we are your leaders on the earth. You call us your ambassadors. We speak for you. We're your crooks. We're your spokesmen. Lord, help us to know you. Help us to know you. Lord, help us to be good leaders on the earth. 
Help us to know our calling, our inheritance, the anointing, the power you've given us to walk that out. Lord, help us to be humble and listen to you. And God, most importantly, teach us how to serve others because in doing so, we serve you. Lord, give us a makeover in our leadership. Teach us to be what you want us to be in the earth. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen.